Hello and welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II. Appreciate you being here. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for tuning in right here at C19 TV uh, from the campus of Cleveland Community College. Uh, we talk movies uh, every single week right here when we can and, uh, and, and when, uh, when Mr. Remington Still over there beside Camera One I wish. will allow us. Remington Still, good to see you. I man. wish. Welcome. Oh, welcome. It's good to be here. Does anyone remember Remington Steele? <laughs> That's a 35-year-old uh, uh, reference. It is, yeah. but, but a lot of our references are even older. So That's true. So, That's true. Know, we yeah. skew toward that demo. Remington Steele became James Bond. Ultimately, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and not a bad one either. Not in a bad way. Yeah. That's Greg Tillman. Uh, Greg Tillman beside camera one. Uh, special guest, Casey Delahante. Uh, that's a that's a that's a name that's really Dr. Casey Delahante. It's, it's a it's a name that I love to say, and I, I say it with every, every kind of accent I can. Take Casey Let's Delahante. You know. What um, else you got? I, I will say I'm not I'm not super particular about pronunciation because we, we we looked back into it and found it was one of those Ellis Island names of like. Oh, uh, that's too complicated. You're this now. Um, so given that there's no, you know, coat of arms or anything like that, right. I'm not too particular about pronunciation. So, so how do you? Uh, Delahanty. Delahanty. Yeah. Delahanty. Okay. I'm, I'm probably going to do it some other way. <laughs> it's okay. Do it differently <laughs> every time. Every time. Just every time. Give the audience an option. It's yeah, absolutely. Multiple choice. Absolutely. Well, uh, Dr. Delahanty. Oh, boy. It's gonna be a long show. I, you know, it's, it's gonna, gonna be fun. it's gonna be talking to us today about torture in film, which we're gonna get to a little bit later, which is kind of an, an odd topic for us. Normally, we have a lot more fun, and not that we're you, tortured by films. Yes, tortured by film yeah. at times, absolutely. But uh, there's a great research uh, project that you were involved in with a co-author. We're gonna talk about that uh, as well, and and kind of get into the essence of why that happened, and, and are there sequels involved in what you're gonna be doing down the road? With this project, but uh, before we dive into any of that, we 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 would be in trouble if we didn't go to uh, the the number one uh, person who gets fan mail here. That's Tim back here on the Tim Cam. Tim, good to see you. I know, yeah, I know you've got a you've got a special guest. Yeah, that's our mascot. That's oh, uh, Elvis Nomsley. Elvis Nomsley. Uh, he's nice. I like him. Good job. Where did you get that thing? Uh, a fan. That was viewer mail. That was no, not. That was that was viewer mail. Not non-viewer mail, but it was actually viewer mail that sent that in. So they, uh, uh, I had to get it scanned to make sure there was nothing in there that was going to uh -huh. explode. Uh -huh. And uh, when they said, I don't know what it is, but I don't think it's going to hurt you. So there you go. So enjoy. We'll, we'll, uh, maybe he we'll seems bring... to have bonded with it in an unusual <laughs> yeah. way. Well, he's, he, he always talks about being lonely back there. And so now he's, he's talking to him now. <laughs> Tim's ready for his summer vacation, <laughs> I think. Trouble. We are in trouble. Well, uh, well, well, Casey, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you talking to us about this project. You and I have talked a little, a little bit about it uh, before. But uh, before we dive into it, let's talk about your love of film, if you have a love yeah. of film, and uh, a little background on what you kind of grew up watching and what you're drawn to now. Oh, goodness. Absolutely. Um, so I've always been a big movie person. Um, I have a theory that a lot of my life was shaped by the, by the movies Toys and Surf Ninjas, which were my two favorite really weird movies when I was growing up. Surf Ninjas? Oh yeah, Surf Ninjas. I missed that one. Oh, it's uh, a classic. Um, <laughs> I, I think we can undoubtedly say classic. 
Rob Schneider, peak of his game. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> need you say more. Exactly. It doesn't get any better than Rob Schneider in film. Um, yeah, so, so I've always uh, I really, really loved movies. Um, uh, I, my tastes are really all over the map when yeah, it apparently. comes to movies, <laughs> um, it, as, as you can see. Um, I, my favorite ever is probably also a weird one. Uh, White Men Can't Jump is my, I love that movie. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Uh, Rosie Perez, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Woody Harrelson, can't yeah. forget Woody Harrelson. It holds up a lot better than you would think it does. Okay. As, as a person who yeah. still regularly watches it. Um, <laughs> I especially really uh, enjoy sci-fi movies as well as a political scientist. I think sci-fi movies are really great because they will address some sort of extant, really important social or political issues, but they'll do it in a way that allow us to think about them uh, more naturally without all the baggage that we normally bring to it. Right, um, right. So Captain America Civil War, as, as we talked about, is actually a really good example of this because it's a movie that's entirely about international institutions, and international law, and to what degree should superpowers sort of hold themselves back, right? Um, and not superhuman powers, but... Right, right. right. We, Captain America is very, very strictly a stand-in for America, right? right. Um, and so what responsibility do they have to sort of hold themselves to the rules that the rest of the world sort of puts upon them. Um, and I really love having that conversation about that topic in the context of, you know, let's talk about superheroes, who's right? Is it Iron Man or Captain America? Because then we can have the conversation about international institutions without it being sort of all the baggage of right. the United Nations right. and everything. We sort of think alongside yeah. that, so. Yeah, so how do your students engage in that? I mean, do they, do they engage in it in a different way than they would if you were actually talking about the international relations of what's happening within the world? I found they, they really love talking about these issues through movies because for a lot of them, it's their first sort of experience at critical analysis of film. Okay. Um, okay. We tend to watch movies and then say like, oh, great, that was fun. But without necessarily sitting there and thinking hard about like, okay, what does this mean? And what, what is, what's trying to be said here. Mm -hmm. um, one of the big insights I think I always had about movies is nothing's, in a good movie, nothing's unintentional mm -hmm. in the sense that every single piece here, this was somebody's very strict job right. and they had something they wanted to convey even to that Ottoman in the background of the scene, right? Like there was a person who decided of all these various Ottomans, this Ottoman tells our story the yeah, best, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Greg's yeah, looking yeah, for yeah. Our, our, our guest back there, but he's been... He's, Who he's I saw the other night and warned him he was going to be on this week, <laughs> or last week. But you're right. I mean, even the props, which the production designer is heavily involved in putting that together, I mean, they are, their job is to take the vision of the director and pull that into everything that you're seeing that's mm -hmm. not a costume and that's not... And there's a, a reason for everything there's in the shot. Absolutely. Right. And, uh, and, and in some films the deeper you get in those layers and the more you pay attention to that, it really does speak volumes. Right. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to sit and think very seriously about and, and sort of pick apart, um, it's pick apart film. Although through the course of this project, I found that some, some films are not really meant to be thought of that, that, <laughs> that hard sometimes. Are we going back to surf Nazis or whatever <laughs> it's called? 
Do you have any questions for him before we dive no, into No, I'm just, the... I'm just, uh, I'm an observer. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this project. Um, the, the name of the project is? Uh, Wait, There's Torture in Zootopia, Examining the Prevalence of Torture in Popular Movies. And we don't have a graphic long enough to put all that in there, so you'll just have to take uh, Casey's word for that. Um, and so Zootopia is in the title. Yes. Um, so we'll, we'll get to Zootopia, but um, the project was looking at the top 200 films, well, top 20 films over the course of 10 years. Yes. And box office films. Right. And examining elements of torture that show up. That's the simple version of it. Yeah, so essentially I, I, um, I've been perplexed for a while about the depth of public opinion support for government, uh, government torture policy, right? Like um, around, and it's pretty, uh, depending on how you ask the question, about half of Americans believe that like the government should be able to torture people in at least some cases in some circumstances. And that's always been very interesting to me because it doesn't, um, A, that's, you know, a human rights violation generally against democratic values, and B, most experts on the topic will tell you it's not very effective. So why do we engage in this thing that's bad and that most people will tell us don't work? Well, maybe it's because we have sort of a mistaken idea about it. And I got, I got around to this idea, um, time and again we see torture happen in film, mm -hmm. and anecdotally going into the project, I was like, and it always see, feels like it's successful um, in the sense that when, especially when an antagonist is tortured, it feels like they uh, tend to give up the information, but our protagonists, you know, they give their name and uh, uh, rank and serial, uh, number. Rank and serial yeah. number, as you say, right? Um, so we really dove into the project trying to figure out what do movies tell us, how do movies condition us to feel about torture and condition our expectations on that and how might that feed into our opinions on policy, right? This, it, it's an indirect and interesting way, we thought at least into how movies shape our world right. in a real right. way. Now you mentioned we and us, so you, you co-authored this. Yes. Now talk about your co-author. Yes, uh, so my co-author Erin Carnes uh, is at the University of Alabama. She's a criminologist over there and absolutely fabulous. I'm, I'm humbled that she, that she chose to work with me on this and uh, does really, really fantastic work on especially terrorism and also torture in media. Now, the idea for pursuing this actually came not from the medium of film, but another medium. <laughs> um, so uh, along with films, I also enjoy video games from time to time. It's a really good sort of release at the end of the day. Um, and there was a Batman video game uh, that I really enjoyed. It was really, really fun. And part of the context of playing it, one of the missions that you had was you had to go find um, these little trophies that the villain, the Riddler, had, had hidden all over Gotham. And you had to go find the trophy and solve a little puzzle and, and do the thing. Uh, but key to that was that you had to find one of the Riddler's goons and like beat out the information of where the Riddler trophy was. And because it was the last thing I had sort of saved to do in the game, I found myself just driving around Gotham, just torturing goons just all over the Just to get the place. information. Just because I got to find the trophies. <laughs> um, okay. And it really, I, I had to pause it and eventually stop playing the game out of this moment of self-reflection of like, what is this? What am I doing? Right? Like, this is not the Batman I wanted to be. Um, right, right. And, and really get to this idea of, you know, uh, 
You're more like the Adam West Batman, you know? Right, <laughs> because it was, it was never unsuccessful. There was never time when the goon didn't have the information or where they gave me the wrong information. I'd never faced any consequences or anything <laughs> like that. And I really got to this, this idea of, like, what happens when we so consistently see depicted consequence-free, effective torture? Hmm. Right? Wow. And, and how does that affect our perceptions of how that would work in the world? Um, so the late Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia actually cited positively twice the show 24 as a defense of, well, I mean, you know, we couldn't convict Jack Bauer for doing what he needed to do <laughs> right. to, to save the city of Los Angeles or whatever. <laughs> um, and, and so... So this fictional thing is being, being utilized as thinking about policy. Right, exactly. And so, um, so we really jumped into this project first trying to get a sense of um, when we talk about torture in media, we typically only talk about uh, Zero Dark Thirty or 24 or something like that. But that's not what most of us watch, right? right. Like uh, Zero Dark Thirty is, does not actually make our sample because I think Zero Dark Thirty is like the 35th most popular f film in its year, right? Like it's not a thing that most of us watch. So, uh, so why, did, why did you decide on the top 20? Uh, it's kind of arbitrary, okay, <laughs> to be okay. honest, right? Like, it's, it's one of those that um, 10 didn't feel like enough. Right. Um, right. Anything more than 20 would have driven me insane. Yeah, so you did 200 <laughs> films. <laughs> right, though. right. So, uh, yeah, so we watched 200 films in total from 2008 to 2017, the top 20 movies by box office every single year. You had a question. Question, how do you define torture? I mean, what Mo does to Shemp and <laughs> Curly, does that count? Or what are the parameters? So um, this was actually a thing that ended up being so much more complicated than you would have thought, in part because movies deal in alternate realities where people have superpowers or these other histories and things like that. Um, the simplest, I mean, and in the paper we have a nice strict write-up that we uh, initially began with the UN definition. Um, but the simplest way I can sort of phrase it is intentional pain, either psychological or physical, that is intentionally imparted on a person who cannot voluntarily remove themselves from the situation and is not threatening the torturer or anybody else, right? Like, you're not trying to sort of disarm someone, right? Like, this is somebody who can't remove themselves from the situation and also isn't sort of threatening them. Uh, there's a scene from uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie that's mm -hmm. actually kind of instructive on this. Okay. Uh, so, is it the first one? Actually, I, I think in every Guardians of the Galaxy, there, and even when you see these characters show up in the later films in Infinity War and also Endgame, torture is involved. Oh, yes, very much so. With, um, especially with one particular character. Yes. I, uh, I, I was particularly glad I didn't have to code uh, Infinity War because that oh, yeah. movie is chock full of torture yeah. scenes. Um, but yeah, I believe it's the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie where they sort of take our heroes into prison and one of the prison guards has uh, Peter Quill's Walkman. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. and so Quill sort of tries to rush at him to go get it and the guard sort of hits him with a stun gun. And that's okay, Quill's rushing at him, he's a prisoner, he's a prison guard, that's totally understandable, you have to sort of disable this person who's posing a threat. And then he hits him again once he's like at his knees, and you're like, okay, it's maybe questionable, it's maybe above board. The scene ends with him shocking Quill, who is now completely uh, uh, 
uh, incapacitated right. and is and is down. Like just shocking him until the scene cuts, just to impart pain as punishment for having done this. And that's when we sort of tick the line into torture, right? Like okay. he's not posing a threat, right? And he can't remove himself from a situation because he's sort and of he can't been do pinned down at this himself. point. Exactly. Okay. So. Well, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> we're going to be right back uh, with more uh, right here, talking about about torture in film uh, and uh, an incredible research project that, that explored over 200 films over the course of 10 years. Uh, right here on Meet Me at the Movies, uh, C19 TV. Uh, Tim, you still back there, buddy? Yeah, uh, Elvis, is Elvis still back there? He's, all right, all right, good deal. Elvis is still back there as well. And uh, Mr. Tillman, he's still awake, so there's some good things happening this week, which is, uh, which is not normally the case. So uh, hey, I guess when you, when you got something good, we'll just keep bringing Casey back. So if it keeps Greg awake, we're good for that. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right yes, back see, Zach never kept me awake. <laughs> so. Jackie Sibley Newton, the host of Experience Cleveland County on C19 TV, on Spectrum Cable, and also online at C19.tv. This is a show all about community partners, organizations, and businesses coming together to make this a better community to live, work, and play. So watch us every other week on C19 TV. once said, you don't need a silver fork to eat good food. Well, on Cleveland County Kitchen, we don't have a silver fork, but we sure do serve up lots of good food. Hi, I'm Deborah Blanton. I hope you'll join me for the next Cleveland County Kitchen. Each month, we offer a complete farm-to-table experience. We visit local growers, we learn about nutrition, and wrap things up with wonderful meals prepared by our guest chefs. It's a lot of fun. I hope you'll join me for the next Cleveland County Kitchen. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. Welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. I'm Noel T. Man of the Second, uh, joined by Tim back there on the Tim Cam. Tim Foster, uh, keeping things uh, in order. Appreciate you as always. The guy really, does he work out like between shows? Is that is that what he does? Does I mean, that count eating sandwiches? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, he does that. Yeah. He does that and drinking water. He drinks water. Good, clear water. Yeah. Good job. Got that from Lake Hollifield there on the uh, the campus over there. Yeah, is that Lake good Hollifield drinking water? water? Well, it can be. Um, you, you have to if you're a duck. Good filters. Good filters. <laughs> uh, that's Greg Tillman, and we've got, who do we have over here? Casey Delahanty. There you go. You just Casey. didn't want to say it, did you? I didn't <laughs> want to say it wrong because uh, I'm just good at that. I'm just really good at that. I, I get, and we do get viewer mail. Give it one mail. more shot. We Give do it. get viewer mail. Casey Delahanty. Uh, Delahanty. Okay, right. Yeah, it's uh, Delahanty. Delahanty. Yeah. See, that was good. Yeah. We, we do get viewer mail whenever I say a movie star's or a director's name wrong. So 
keep that. Which keep is that good. Keeps us on our toes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I grew up in eastern North Carolina. We never know how to say things correctly. So that's just the way it is. <laughs> just the way it is. How do you say liver mush there? You uh, don't. Do we you? don't. <laughs> we don't. We don't say liver mush there. <laughs> Well, uh, we are talking about, uh, as I'm laughing, uh, it feels weird to dive right back into yeah. this, but we're talking about Torture and Film, a research project that you did, uh, was co-authored uh, with um, someone from the a University a of Alabama. Aaron Carnes. Aaron Carnes from the University of Alabama. And you guys are going to do a sequel to this project that hopefully, or maybe, that we'll yes. talk about um, before we wrap sure. things up. Uh, but we're, you looked at 200 films, the top uh, 20 films each year at the box office for a course of 10 years, so... My math is correct. That's 200 films that you examined. Uh, and you examined movies that were family films all the way up to some R-rated films. So talk a little bit about that variance that you saw and the, the differences you saw between the kid films and those that were a little more adult films. So yeah, as, as you say, uh, our sort of criteria for inclusion uh, was popularity and box office. So we really kind of ran the gamut uh, ratings-wise. Uh, the most common uh, rating in our sample is PG-13, but we had some R stuff, G, and PG. And as you say, um, there's still a lot of torture in the, the kids' movies, as sort of noted by our, our paper title. Yeah. Uh, Give me the paper title one more time. Uh, wait, there's torture in Zootopia, which is actually uh, one of my students' co-authors, uh, one of my... One of my co-authors' students. Right. Um, actually, that was her quote. When we start, uh, my co-author talked about this project in yeah. class. She said, "Wait, there's torture in Zootopia," because <laughs> it was her favorite movie, and she just right. couldn't believe it. What um, was the torture scene in Zootopia? So they want to understand where the uh, these berries that are making the animals act feral are coming from, or how they're being sort of implanted, and they have to. Uh, uh, get the information from a weasel, naturally, yep. called Duke Weaselton. <laughs> and they take, they take it to like a mafia boss possum, I think, as I remember. And Sounds terrifying. <laughs> right. <laughs> Already it's terrifying. Yeah. And uh, uh, the, the mafia boss uh, possum um, ends up having his polar bear goons. And I know this, has, this is polar how bears are the meanest these bears. can sound when you really start yeah, thinking no. about them strictly. Um, but they're polar bear goons, and they sort of uh, they dangle uh, uh, Duke Weaselton over sort of an icy, sort of like a fit ice fishing hole looking thing, um, sort of a threat of death uh, until they get him to sort of admit where the blueberries are coming right. from. Um, and it's actually emblematic. A lot of the kids' movies torture, kids' movie torture scenes are very, very much like that, where it's they dangle someone off of something, or uh, in Rio, there's a scene where, I think it's like marmots or something, they uh, uh, take them up very, very high and drop them and just catch them right before they hit the ground so as to force them into some action. And so the kids' movies will have torture scenes that are not maybe as uh, gruesome or right. as gory, uh, but they're sort of torture scenes nonetheless in the right. sense that you are imparting real psychological horror, especially. Uh, so as to gather information or force somebody into one or another action. Now you talk about the psychological horror, but you, you examine not just physical torture, but psychological torture. Yes, yes. Um, so that's actually one of the um, interesting things that we'll see a lot. So the kids' movies tend to trend more towards that, where there's not necessarily violence imparted, but there's the threat of horrible violence or horrible death. 
Um, there's also the uh, uh, threatening people's family members mm -hmm. or doing something. It's right. sort of, you know, uh, something that will impart some serious psychological pain to the victim um, and is intentionally get, uh, uh, embarked upon to do just that as right. a means to get them to do one or another thing. Right. You had a, you had a question. Well, you talk, the description from Zootopia on the surface sounds silly, but I, ba I guess basically it, it subconsciously can can desensitize someone to, to torture and violence. Is that the potential danger? Right, so, so we actually borrowed a bit from uh, communications uh, uh, literature and communications theory mm -hmm. to kind of inform our, our how we feel that this works. Essentially, it's um, we, when we don't have experience with an issue, we tend to lean on sort of shared experience to inform us as to our opinions or expectations on it, right? So like, you and I have opinions on taxes, mm -hmm. and like I can watch a movie about taxes, and it's probably not going to change my opinion because I have a lot of firsthand experience with taxes, right? Like we all <laughs> taxes. Well, that's torture. Pretty, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Torture. we all we all have a shared opinion on it, and you can't voluntarily remove yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but so, uh, so to that point, we're going to have opinions on things that we experience firsthand, right? And right. our opinions probably won't be very malleable on that. But when it's something I don't have any experience with, like. Um, it's, it's, what is it like to play for the South African rugby team? I don't know. I watched Invictus once. Like maybe that helps <laughs> inform me what that might be like, right? right. Um, we we lean on sort of pop culture through sort of the stories that people tell us to form our expectations about these things that we have just zero experience with. And our idea with this was more and more we are asked to address a policy question that, thankfully most people have no direct first-hand experience with. So how do people form their opinions on how torture works in practice given that they don't, they've, again, thankfully never been either victim or perpetrator? Right. Uh, well, we lean on movies, and movies seem to tell us, or at least actually we showed statistically, movies the vast majority of the time show torture as an effective way to get the thing that you want. Interesting, really, really interesting. So going into this project, what were you hoping to gain from it? And now that you're on the back side of it, looking back, what did you gain? So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say I, I, my expectations were pretty much kind of what I laid out earlier. Okay. I, okay. My expectation was just anecdotally, it felt like protagonists very rarely were sort of able to be successfully tortured mm -hmm. because, as you say, they give you rank and serial number, right? right? right. Whereas antagonists might be more likely to do so. And I, didn't have too many more opinions beyond that. Okay. Um, but what we've done is we've really drilled down sort of statistically and systematically grading out. I mean, I think we ended up having, I think, 38 different variables for every single scene wow. in, in which we coded the identity of the perpetrator and sort of the, uh, the purpose of the attack and some of the situational elements and so on and so forth that we can now sort of really have this systematic look at how is this act sort of portrayed right. in movies across the spectrum and, and what are the lessons that are really being yeah. portrayed from that. Tonight I have a burning desire suddenly to do a double feature between Zootopia and Saw. <laughs> I don't know why. Seems I, right. I was thinking about the Surf Ninjas um, um, or, or Surf Nazis. There's also a Surf Nazis you, as well. Rob Schneider, Tone Loke, it's a classic. <laughs> Well, again, introduce you, uh, let people know who they, who you are yes. uh, so, and how they can find you. <laughs> yes, I'm Casey Delahanty. Uh, I am the Global Studies Director at Gardner-Webb University. Um, 
uh, come on down, take my classes. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, uh, so uh, my, you can, uh, caseydelahanty.com is my website, and I'm thinking right now I need to make sure that there's a draft of this on there <laughs> when I go home. Uh, but yeah, you should be able to find a draft of this paper if you like. Put uh, a pronunciation key for your name, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for being here, and thanks for talking to us about this as well. Greg, any final thoughts, questions? No, no, it's fascinating. Yep. Tim, on the Tim Cam, we appreciate you as always, and thanks for uh, having Elvis here uh, joining us also. Elvis uh, Nomesley, Elvis Nomesley there. Yep, appreciate that. Uh, and it's a shame us. if he disappeared. He disappeared. Uh, no, I meant us. Tim. Tim. <laughs> oh, he ooh, ooh. Email us, info at c19.tv if you have questions, comments, and we'll make sure we get those uh, to, uh, to Casey over here as well. Uh, quote of the week, uh, we actually forgot the quote I don't say you screwed up time. last week. I messed up last week. You have two just, this week? I've got one, um, but it's just as good. It's just as good as two. It's doubly good. It's comes from John Shaft. No, okay. Shaft. I thought you were going to say Rudy's a new speaking, one. A new one, yes. Yeah, so, so speaking of torture, yep, uh, he's going to be torturing some people. You know, you wouldn't know Egyptian cotton that the Pharaoh himself sent it to you. <laughs> it comes from John Shaft. Till next time, I'm Nolte Manning II for Meet Me at the Movies. Till next time, that's a wrap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.